The Mavs are next. The Mavs are next. The Mavs are next. Yes, indeed, Miss Computer Lady, the Mavs are next with me, Alex. From Bittenville, Arkansas, welcome to episode number one. Or as I like to call it, episode Courtney Lee, episode Darnell Harvey, episode Scotty Brooks. Well, whatever the case, we'll discuss that a little bit later, but welcome to the newest Dallas Mavericks-focused podcast. My name is Alex Hinojosa. More on me in a second, but first, let's answer a very important question. Why another Mavs podcast? Well, why not? Quite frankly, it's a new era, and it is an exciting time to be a Dallas Mavericks fan. I feel like people are thirsting and craving for more and more content related to the Dallas Mavericks, and in fact, I'm one of those people. That's why I created this very specific podcast. I see... I'm a former broadcaster, more about me in a moment again, but as I listen to other podcasts and read Dallas Mavericks associated content, especially when listening to podcasts, I feel there's a need for something more organized, something that's user friendly from a listener point of view. Um, And by the way, that's no slight at the other Mavs podcasts. In fact, I'll tell you, I love numbers on the boards. Um, Bobby and Skin do a phenomenal job. If I had one critique, I wish they did the podcast more often. But obviously, they're very important people. They got a lot to do. Um, I am a huge fan of Mike Fisher and the folks at DallasBasketball.com, now MavsSI.com. You know, the Step Back podcast is something that I subscribe and listen to. Listen to the Locked on Mavs. Um, I haven't listened to the podcast with the Reddit folks yet, and that's only because I only have so much time in the day, but I know that eventually I'll get there. But as a Mavs fan, a lifelong Dallas Mavericks fan with no agenda or ties to the organization, I wanted to create something that other people like me would want to listen to. Something that's organized, something that's quick, something that's consistent, and even though I'm a very busy person, I... um. I'm creating this kind of for me, but hopefully there are a whole lot of me's out there who love the Dallas Mavericks. Very quickly about me, and then we're going to get into the show. Um, I'm a lifelong Mavs fan, as I said. This was before hashtag MFFL was a thing. Uh, Going all the way back to the lone Mavs boards when I was sitting at Texas Tech University. Um, I grew up with the Mavericks on HSE with my grandfather and my pops in the 80s. my fandom was so crazy that I used to have games during the 21 season, uh, 21 seasons in the late 90s recorded to me, sent to me at Texas Tech University, and I'd watch those games, I'd run the game tape, I'd read the Dallas Morning News, which was a day late, Mark Stein, uh, I'd read it religiously when I was on campus at Texas Tech, and I had the NBA um, League Pass from the beginning. Um, when I went to Ann Arbor, I lived in DC, Florida, Georgia, now I'm in Bentonville, Arkansas, but I've always had the, the league pass and I love it. And, um, just a little bit more about me and then we're going to finally get into this thing. I'm a former radio shock jock. Uh, I lived a broadcasting life for almost 17 years after I left Texas Tech. Uh, I got the pleasure of broadcasting from Howard Stern Studios on West 57th Avenue in New York. Uh, I worked for the Washington Redskins Radio Network. I ran an ESPN station in Tampa Bay. Um, And I'm currently a PR marketing executive in Bentonville, Arkansas. 
So you're going to hear a lot of that throughout the pod, but more importantly, what we're really going to get into are the Dallas Mavericks. So um, as part of the organization of this, let's start with what the Mavs are going to do a lot of, and let's get three points. Next three points. Every single podcast will have three points, and we're going to be focused, just like we're Seth Curry sitting in a corner three. We're going to focus this time on the preseason. What are three points from the preseason as we're watching the Dallas Mavericks that we take away as we're going into this upcoming brand new season and a new era? So let's get started. Swish number three. All right, so who is the Dallas Mavericks' third best player? We got Luka and we got KP, and we're going to talk more about them later on. But who is the third best player for the Dallas Mavericks? You know, as I listen to a lot of podcasts, many of the ones that um, I mentioned earlier, um, but including the Bill Simmons podcast, which I'm a big fan of Simmons, and they had a uh, breakout of the West earlier this year, and there were a lot of people who were arguing, House on there, Ryan Rosillo on there. Okay, we like the Mavericks, but who is going to be their third best player? And I believe Simmons said it was going to be Seth Curry, and... That's a little bit worrisome for me at the moment because we haven't seen a lot of Seth during the preseason. I don't know if it's because of injuries. I don't know if it's because of Rick's rotation. But I need Seth to be really, really good like all of us do. Um, My father, again, who I love the Dallas Mavericks with, and every time we're together we're talking about the Mavs, um, he's not as high on Seth as I think many of us are. But if Seth is our third best player, does that mean we have the opportunity to be uh, a playoff team? There's also the argument that can be made for for Tim Hardaway Jr. And I think that THJ had a really good preseason. Uh, See him coming off the bench more than likely, knowing his role. Skin brought this up in one of the latest podcasts on uh, numbers on the boards that it feels like he know who he, he knows who he's going to be this season. Um, not quite the Jet, a little bit the Jet, a little bit of Devin Harris, um, but he knows that it's going to be his job to come in with that second unit and just put up buckets. And so far, he's been pretty efficient. Um, it feels like Maxi Kleba has the chance to be our third best player. I'm so glad we re-signed Maxie in the offseason. Big fan. Love the way that he defends. He's versatile in that way. He um, also can you know do a little bit of rim rolling. Not as good as Dwight Powell. But he also is such a versatile defender that his value is such that um, really it's going to make the life easier for Porzingis and Luka when you know that Maxie's lingering on the backside. But I think... As it stands at the moment, and I can't tell if this is good or bad, our third best player might be Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, the second pick from last year, is just incredibly smart. He's savvy. That's what Harp likes to call him. He's savvy. And it feels like he is our third best player. In the final preseason game with the Clippers, uh, as he's out there, um, immediately in that starting lineup, you see that he can make a difference from posting up to hitting guys when they're open and uh, making the right basketball play, whether it was a breakaway for Maxi on the slam dunk. So is it scary if Jalen Brunson actually ends up being our third best player? Because again, he's a second year guy, second rounder. Or is it one of those situations where, okay, we're in really good shape. 
Um, you know, the front office drafted. They've drafted really well lately. And if Brunson makes that leap, and then you have shooters coming off the bench like Curry and THJ and Maxi doing his thing once you got Dwight Powell back, then as it turns out, we should know very quickly, I'd say within the first 10 or 12 games, who exactly our third best player is going to be. And then because of that, have an idea of how far this team's actually going to be able to go in terms of potentially making the playoffs or even getting in the playoffs and making some noise. Swish number two. My second point in this podcast, Rick's rotation. Rick Carlisle, coach of your Dallas Mavericks. Listen, you're probably going to think that I'm a homer. I'm doing a Dallas Mavericks podcast. I've told you how much I love the Dallas Mavericks. But I was also a member of the media. I have no ties to the Dallas Mavericks or the organization. So I think I'm going to be able to speak freely. And I have not always been a fan of Rick Carlisle. Uh, Going back to my radio days when I was in Atlanta, I did a morning show on Project 961, and at that time, Mark Richt was the coach of the Georgia Bulldogs, and he was Mark Richt then as he is now, you know, out of college football, and where we actually bought the domain firericked.com. It was a whole, I don't know if I should be giving this out or not, this information. Uh, well, it, it happened. We drove website traffic to the, to the, to the radio station website. But in that time, too, I also was very close to buying the domain firecarlisle.com. Um, coach can be very frustrating, and that's just speaking frankly. Uh, and it goes back to even the days of Roddy B. Yes, I'm a Roddy B. truther. Uh, I thought that Roddy B. had so much potential. Uh, it felt um, like he and Carlisle could um, never get along, Beaubois. And it felt like there was a real missed opportunity um, during some time to develop a player. Now you say that, and then you look with hindsight and you go, okay, well, Roddy B hasn't been in the league, hasn't made it. Uh, Coach Carlisle has won a championship, so I'll shut the hell up. Obviously, Coach was right. But that doesn't mean that I don't still have concerns with Coach Carlisle and his rotation especially when we looked at what happened last year um, with the continued going with Wes uh, starting um, in, you know, alongside DSJ and, and DeAndre Jordan and the rotations that it felt. Um, you know, Carlisle will fall in love with vets. Um, it's hard for him to do that this year because we don't have as many vets. But one of the things that's going to concern me a little bit with the Mavs in this upcoming season is, are we going to get too much J.J. Barea? You know, we're talking about, and the third point was, is Brunson our best player, our third best player, third best player? We know who the best player is. But is Brunson our third best player, and is he going to be stifled if J.J. is going to get a lot of run? And so I'm concerned a little bit about, you know, Rick's tendency to lean on veterans. You even saw it a little bit with him starting Courtney Lee. By the way, will episode one be episode Courtney Lee? We'll have more on that in a moment. Um, So I just want to keep an eye on Rick's rotation. I think that obviously he's infinitely smarter than me, but any Mavs fan gets frustrated at times with coach. Um, And again, we all think we know more and we don't, but I'm encouraged with what I've seen so far. It's also been a little bit frustrating because we've had injuries. We've had Powell be injured. Um, Again, Seth hasn't been, you know, 100%. Um, even JJ not fully back, although the way that he's healed is just incredibly amazing. Um, we've seen a lot more Boban because 
of Powell being hurt. But I'm I'm excited, but I'm also hesitant because I can I just want to see what Rick does with that rotation. And again, hopefully within the next ten days or and or ten the first ten games, I mean, we're gonna uh, see that begin to flush out a little bit more, especially once Powell's back healthy. Swish number one. Yes, our number one point, the number one point of this first podcast is Luca plus KP. This dynamic duo during the preseason has absolutely lived up to the hype. It we all had this idea once KP was traded to the Mavs. We felt like we knew what it was gonna be like. Um, again, I remember those early days of Nash and uh, and Dirk. And there was a lot of comparisons that were being drawn for people that were able to see them practice, see some of the scrimmages. You know, again, I'm going to reference other podcasts because I listen to them because I think we can all listen to each other's podcasts. We all we all love the Mavs and we want the content. But hearing Jeff Skinway just talk about how, how people don't know how good Persingas could be. And when you get those two on the floor together, and again, Simmons talked about how well they complement each other. We all thought it was going to be like that. And it's absolutely lived up to the hype to see those guys run the two-man game. But more importantly, how they make other guys better. You uh, are beginning to even see DeLon Wright get comfortable with where he's going to be on the floor. You have, um, again, we haven't even seen Curry yet on the floor with those guys. But I think that when you do, the wide open shots that Curry's going to have in the corner, I think are going to be truly incredible. And then just all of the various pick and roll um, options, the rim and roll, even the defense. The defense hasn't been as bad as many people thought it would be because... The new bulked-up KP is legit. He's rebounding. He's blocking shots. He's nimble. You can see him being a difference maker around the rim, and then you add Maxi into that. It's really been an incredible preseason so far to get us hype. Um, you know, the we can talk on and on about Luka, and many people will do that, but encouraging from the preseason was Luka hitting his free throws. Um, the three-point shot is wet. It is absolutely legit, and you're seeing him also have more space. And then also the opportunity, too, to play off the ball. So he's spotting up in the corner, or he's spotting up in the wing, and having a chance to actually just get an open shot um, where he's not having to take someone off the dribble or having to bail the team out at the end of the uh, shot clock. So exciting about you know these two players together and you know KP is not dark but you do see some of the parts of the game from early on that I remember watching Dirk and this is during the 2000s and when Dirk would hit that mid-range jumper and he was wide open and it was like a layup and I remember being dumbfounded going oh my god like he never misses he just doesn't miss that jump shot, it really is like a layup. And I think we're going to see some of that from KP in that mid-range game that's going to come back. Obviously, we want to shoot a lot of threes. And yes, I'm talking we like I'm a member of the Mavs. But listen, lifelong, I told you this. I'm going to speak a little bit like that. But I think that you're going to see some of that shooting from KP, the defending and blocking already we've seen. Um, and the rebounding has been really, really, really pleasantly surprising. And these two guys, as we wrap up point number one, 
The chemistry is real. From the trip to Miami to the Instagram posts of them playing golf or going to the dentist or Boban rubbing, you know, Luca on the head like he's, you know, his little brother. I think that that's going to be a very underrated and undernoted part of the the entire season that these guys are going to get along. Um, I don't think that losing streaks... um, are going to get them down. I don't think there will be as many because I think they're going to snap back. And it's it's a 180 from what this team was last year. When you had DSJ, you had West, you had Barnes, you had Luka, Dirk, you know, DJ, um, uh, you know, DeAndre Jordan. Like it was just, it was obviously, it was a different team and it was a different feeling. And, you know, the idea that it really is a new era is true, and in the preseason, we have found that. And man, is it exciting. In the bonus. All right, let's go a little bit beyond the three points just very quickly and talk about a couple of items that we, um, you know, just noticed as we're, you know, scrolling on Twitter and, you know, consuming all the Mavs content that's in the universe. And it was a great article from Brad Townsend at um, the Dallas Morning News about the flow offense and the potential return of the flow offense for Rick Carlisle. And, you know, my point number two was about Carlisle and my concern with his rotation. But that was a phenomenal phenomenal article that actually put a lot into perspective um, why it was that Coach didn't actually want to play certain players at certain times and why we've gotten away from the flow a little bit more because it takes very high intelligent uh, basketball IQ guys um, to be able to run an offense that really is not about set plays and there's finally maybe the opportunity to have that come back because of Luka because of a guy like Brunson because you have multiple ball handlers um, you understand now why again going back to you know coaches previous you know, rotations why you know there would be three point guards in the lineup so I uh, it's a if you haven't it's a long article it's a great article if you're a Dallas Mavericks fan it's certainly worth the read because you do feel like the flow offense which many um, teams in the NBA have actually taken over and adopted on some form or fashion um, now that we get it back a little bit here uh, I think it's going to be really exciting and obviously open up the game the other thing that I'd be interested about too and again I'm not a professional basketball guy um, so I will leave it to others to break out. But, you know, I, again, I go back to the, you know, 2011, um, uh, the greatest year. My daughter was born. The Mavs win their first championship. If only the Rangers could have gotten two strikes. But, uh, you know, one of the things about that 2011 team was, you know, obviously you had the flow offense, but a little bit of that zone defense. And I don't know how much of the zone that you can actually get away with now because of the evolution of the game and the three-pointer. But I'd be interested to see with some of our players what is possible, especially because we have so many big, nimble guys that, you know, my basketball is my first love. It absolutely is. But I grew up playing baseball, and I still love the game of baseball. And the most dangerous pitch in baseball to me is the changeup. Because it keeps you off balance. And to me, I just love the idea of returning to some zone defense because it can throw the other offense off balance. Um, 
You're not living on zone. You're not throwing nothing but change-ups. But if you do it just occasionally, if it's just, again, another another pitch in the arsenal, then I think it really can be a difference maker. And before we wrap this up, I do want to kind of settle in and talk about, all right, episode one. Who do we name it after? Uh, what is episode one going to be um, when it comes to the players? So let's take a look back at some of the players that actually wore the number one for the Dallas Mavericks. going to be some blasts from the past. Now you've got guys like Justin Anderson, which, by the way, I have a Justin Anderson bobblehead doll. Um, I went to a game. It was Justin Anderson bobblehead night, and I think he was traded two days later. Um, and, of course, we know that you know he's been famous as of late because of the defense that he tried to play on one of the Morris brothers, and he got bopped in the head. Jared Cunningham. You know, earlier in this pod, we talked about how really, really good the Mavericks have been at drafting lately because of Brunson and even unlike Isaiah Roby and obviously Luca, uh, Jared Cunningham, the shiny example of when we were not drafting very well uh, in the early uh, 2010s. Um, you got Sam Dallenbear. Another number one, only played with the Mavs for a year, but was on one of those teams that people were pretty excited about that, that could make a bit of a run after the championship. Donnell Harvey. Do you remember Donnell Harvey? I mean, this is, again, old school. You people that fell in love with the Mavs when they won a championship, I'm telling you, I suffered through some years of the Dallas Mavericks when we thought Donnell Harvey out of Florida was going to be a savior as a, what, a 6'9", thin power forward, kind of like a a, a, a Dorian Finney-Smith. They both went to Florida, but Donnell couldn't shoot. Uh, Amari Stoudemire played with the Mavs. For those of you that forget, you know, for that brief moment in 2015, he wore the number one. Um, Scott Brooks, coach of the Wizards, by the way, opening game against the Washington Wizards. So maybe there's something to naming episode one for Scotty Brooks, who played for the Dallas Mavericks in 95, 96, because he wore the number one. Um, two more candidates, Greg Buckner. I loved Greg Buckner. Um, when he, he played two stints with the Dallas Mavericks. And so you're going to go, wait a second. I thought he wore number 21. Well, he did. But during another stint, he actually wore the number one. And the reason I loved Buckner is because, man, he was gritty. Uh, he and Eric Strickland. Again, I'm talking to real Mavericks fans that remember these names. But Buck would, you know, post you up. He played D. He was, what, like 6'4"? Um, you know, played guard forward. Could 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 hit the occasional three. He was, he was just scrappy. Um, and I loved Buckner. Um, so we have a lot of people that we could ultimately name this initial podcast after. Who will it be? Two minutes. All right, two minutes. Let's get it done. All right, well, let's do this first and foremost. Predictions. Um, you know, predictions are tough. You have all sorts of injuries that could happen. You, you never know how things are ultimately going to flush out. But when I talk about the Mavs with my family, when I'm texting about it, I'm an optimist. I'm a homer. I'm an optimist. I'm a realist, but I'm a little bit more of an optimist homer. So here's what I'm going to say. 46 wins. 7 seed. Team 7 seed. That's my prediction for the Dallas Mavericks in this upcoming season. 
I am so excited for this team. I'm excited to watch them. I'm excited to share this podcast with you because if you're listening now, you don't even know who I am, but you love the Dallas Mavericks probably as much as me. And so um, let's roll. I'm ready to get game one started and roll through 82 in the regular season and then hopefully a few more after that. Uh, follow me on Twitter at next with Alex. And um, that's going to do it for episode number one episode. Dennis Smith Jr. Yes. DSJ war number one before Luca DSJ was going to be a part of this new era. But you know why I've named episode one after Dennis Smith Jr. Because he helped us get a unicorn. He helped us get Christoph Porzingis with that trade. Without DSJ, we're not living this new era life with Luca and KP. So let's thank Dennis Smith Jr. for being who he was and what he was. Because um, it's a great, great time to be a Dallas Mavericks fan. Let's go Mavs. 5,000. 5,000.